Hey, Sweating Shirt, it's Pam Meredith here to, with a little note to let you know that I record this show using the podcasting app Anchor. I've chosen to not include sponsored ads within my podcast, but Anchor has released a new feature that allows for listener support. So if you're a fan and you're interested, you can now contribute a dollar, five dollars, even ten dollars a month to help support Sweating Shirtless. I'm currently saving up for better recording equipment. You can now find the link to support wherever you're listening to this, typically in the episode description. Thank you. Now on to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Meredith Doty, and this is Sweating Shirtless. Every episode, I dive deep into unpacking the fitness world through a body-confident and inclusive lens while picking the brains of inspiring, brilliant, accomplished, honest, new, and old friends talking about their experience with sweating shirtless. On this episode, I sit down with my good friend, Kendra Okereke. We chat about the roller coaster and journey that is finding fitness and body image, her experience as a casting producer at Jubilee Media, an incredibly notable YouTube channel, traveling solo, finding love, and being vulnerable and open on social media. Kendra, welcome! Hey, thank you for having me, Meredith. I'm so excited. Thanks for joining. Thanks for taking time um, during your beautiful Tuesday. Out. Well, I don't know how it is over there. You're in California. How is it? I am there? in California, and I've literally been praying to God for like uh, like two months now. Like, I just want to cool down because it's so hot. I'm just living and breathing and bathing in my own sweat, and I'm like, I just need it to be fall. I need the rain to come. I need it to just be cold so I can wear all these sweaters I just bought. It's I'm dying. <laughs> well, you're welcome to come to Boston because that's where we are. It's rainy and cold today. Oh, I love it. I miss I miss Boston. I went once freshman year and it was like the best time of my life. And now I it is nice. <laughs> I feel like you like where I live in Boston. I live in a like little section called Charlestown. It's very um I don't historic. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it has like this historic vibe and it's cute. Okay, can I tell you how I know Charlestown? My favorite movie is The Town. Like Town? The yep. <laughs> I love The Town. That's your favorite movie? Not my, not like my all-time favorite. It's like top. It's like up there of like one of my favorite movies. Just because I love. I don't know why. I just love Ben Affleck. <laughs> I, I feel like it. that's an unpopular opinion these days. I know it is. I have a lot of those, Meredith. I have a lot of unpopular opinions, but I just love that. That's that's why we love you. We need we need more opinions in this world. I feel. Well, we need pe- more people to have voice educated opinions in this world. Let me rephrase. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> so let's get started. Welcome to Sweating Shirtless. Um, I first wanted to kick this off and talk a little bit about fitness because um, that's where I got the name of the podcast from. And I so can you talk to me a little bit about your first experiences with fitness and um, how that has changed as you've gotten older? Yeah, and this is a really interesting question because I think it's something that I'm actually like really deeply insecure about. So just starting from the beginning, I, I've always done sports. I did like, I was on the soccer team in second grade. And when I was in third grade, I got really into track and I started getting like first place trophies and stuff when I was in just third grade. And so I got really into track and I did track and like 200 meter run was my race. And I did that all the way through um, middle school. Um, middle school, I started doing dance team too, which like was a huge part of my life, but going into, um, so let me go back. High school, I was on a very competitive dance team where we had like four hour like um, rehearsals, like four days a week. And then we had competitions and just like we were one of the best and we won state twice when I was on the team. Like it was just really competitive. And so I was always super in shape. But I think the first time I remember being insecure about my weight, because I was always very skinny as a kid, not like abnormally skinny, but I was just a skinny kid. Um, my freshman year, we had to take a PE class and I did strength training and it was mostly a class for guys, but there were some girls. So I would say there was probably like, like seven girls in my class. And the first day of strength training, we did a weigh in and all the girls weighed like 110, 120 and I weighed 145. And I was so insecure about that. That was the first time I ever felt like I was fat. And it's crazy now because being older, I would kill to weigh 145. Like that would literally be my dream right now. Um, 
But I remember being like really insecure about that, being like, oh my gosh, I'm the fattest girl in here. I'm like closer to the weight of like the guys in my class than I am the girls. And that was really hard. Um, I got really into just like working out consistently because I was on dance team. I would do like 500 crunches every night before I went to bed. I could do like hella push-ups. I could do like 30 push-ups just like going like. <laughs> yeah, I used to be related to it. And then freshman year where we met, um, that really messed me up for like a m- multiple reasons. This was the first time I was like on my own. I was away from my parents, which I was so excited about. I went across the country for school because I'm from Washington State originally. So I was across the country from school. And freshman year I, of college, we should yeah. clarify for everyone. Yeah, freshman year. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> freshman year of college, Syracuse University, Day Hall, fifth floor, what up? Um, what up? I. I went a little crazy with the dining halls and I like it wasn't even like the freshman 15 that I gained it was like the freshman 30 and it was insane and I didn't even notice all of a sudden I went from being this girl who was skinny to like having back rolls and like having a bit of a tummy and like my arms were bigger and I started to have like a double chin and, and all this stuff and that just like didn't let up kind of all through college. I just kind of ate whatever I wanted. Um, But I would exercise, you know, like I would go to the gym every once in a while. But I think college is when it started to be really difficult for me to go to the gym because I was just really insecure. You know, I was in a sorority with all these girls who were really skinny and really pretty and they were white. And of course, I was like comparing myself to these girls. And so I was like, I need to be skinny because, you know, when you're in Greek life, you're basically like not wearing clothes like half the time you're in Greek life. Yeah. <laughs> For like most of the parties, you're just wearing like a bra and like a skirt and heels. Yeah. And <laughs> Teetering down the hill in the snow. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. You're like, we're acting like it's not 12 degrees outside. But anyways, um, so I, I kind of like stopped going to the gym. Um, but then my my junior and senior year i lived with esf people um and they were on the i lived with the cross country team specifically and so i would run with them yeah 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 i love them they like changed my life i still i still i have like a whole picture of the whole team over there uh but i started running with one of my roommates matt and we'd always go on hikes and they were very like outdoorsy people and they you know would take me with them whenever they would go on hikes or go out to like on adventures or running or whatever it was and so that was kind of like my intro back into fitness like in school but again that didn't happen to like junior senior year um of college i my junior year i studied abroad in prague and that was really difficult because i would i lived right next to the charles river which is like the main like the main place to go to when you're in Prague and I would always run along the water but then I noticed like people were very very scared of me because it's like there aren't black people in the Czech Republic period and when you see like a black person running you're like like so many people would just like stare at me they'd like I remember one woman literally took her bag and went like this like away from me I stopped exercising when I was like studying abroad too. It wasn't until like, you know, the first semester of my senior year, I did a semester out here in Los Angeles that kind of got back into exercising because the place that we were staying at our housing had a fitness like room, had a gym in it. And that was really awesome. And so I started to get back into exercising then, but I've kind of been up and down with it. Now in terms of like post-college, you're right, I was into running for a really long time. From like 2016 to 2018, I did four 5Ks, a 10K, and two half marathons, which was insane. Like never thought I would do that. Um, But I became really good friends with two people who were really into running and they got me into it. And I found I really enjoyed it. I liked getting medals at the end. I liked training for it, as weird as that sounded, but I was like, not a morning person. I would wake up in the morning and run like three miles. And I remember thinking whenever my schedule said I only had to run three miles, I was like, oh, thank God. And now thinking that, like, that's a lot. (laughs) But that used to be like easy for me. Um, But that was was a good time, just like training for those and and running those and just kind of getting integrated into the run community. Um, And after my last half marathon in April of 2018, I messed up my knee pretty badly. And I 
don't like going to the doctor, so I just didn't, and I think I kind of made it worse that way. So now whenever, even if I, like, walk in heels or I walk for a really long time, my knee will just, like, walk up and just kind of start doing weird things. So um, I stopped running, and I honestly just didn't exercise for, like, a year and a half. And I gained a lot more weight during that time. And then like we've been in COVID and I've gained a lot of weight during this time. And it's been difficult because I think in terms of like how I exercise now, I do a lot of home videos. You know, you're familiar with Pop Sugar, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes. I love Pop Sugar videos because they're like 30 minutes. It's, you know, they're doable or something I can just do like right here in my living room. Um, so I've started to do those videos. I've tried Chloe Ting. She kills me. <laughs> um, She's so like those- a sensation taking over the nation. Like, yeah. Crazy. It's I, crazy. I, I just like peruse TikTok and like everyone talks about her. Yeah, exactly. And she has like, she has like 15 million subscribers on YouTube, which is insane. So, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever to get people out there. Um, but it's been, yeah, my weight journey has just been weird because I think like I'm very insecure about my weight, but then again, like I'm trying to come at it from a standpoint of like, you know, like God, God made me in his, in like his perfect image. And so I need to start seeing myself more of the way like God sees me. And I, and I want, you to know, like my faith informs like most of the things we're going to be like talking about today. Um, but that's like a big one is just trying to see myself how like God sees me and recognizing that like, I'm getting, I'm getting older. I wasn't, you know, maybe I wasn't meant to be like super skinny my whole life, but I just remember thinking, I wish I didn't think I was fat when I was younger because I wasn't, I was just fatter than the rest of the girls, but I wasn't fat by any means. I definitely like was built like had muscles and whatnot. I think that's everyone struggles with that looking back and comparing doing the comparison game with their own selves from the past is really tough because you think that you can go back to it that place because you once were there but Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is your life changes so much and your your current reality is much different than your previous reality and oftentimes it's not attainable even though it once was yeah Um, so that is yeah and I think too like with right now, I'm trying to recognize that it's not like I am fat in the sense that I don't care what I'm eating, I don't exercise, I just sit on the couch all day. Because if you're like, hey Kendra, let's go run a mile, I could do it. You know, if you're like, hey Kendra, let's work out and lift weights for an hour, I could do it. I'm still very active, I'm still very present, I'm still very cognizant of like what I put into my body and like how I'm spending my time when it comes to exercising. It's just like, it may not reflect that when you when you look at me. And I also just like bought an entire new wardrobe, which I'm really excited about. And so I feel like I am going to, I, I have started to feel better because I feel like I look better on the outside um, with like all these new clothes I bought, so. <laughs> Fitness clothes or real life clothes? Like real life clothes. <laughs> I'm like, what are those? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I know, right? <laughs> Do you like live in a sports bra and like leggings? <laughs> um, Yes, that's the sports <laughs> one. I have leggings. <laughs> I love it. I love well, I'm teaching it. later, so I usually just wake up and be ready for any activity that I'm going to do. And if I yeah. can sneak in, like, lifting, then I'll do it, like, on lunch or something. But Yeah, I feel like um, can, I, can I ask you questions back? Right? Yeah, of course. So when did you, I mean, when did you get super into fitness? Because I remember freshman year, you kind of, like, lost a bunch of weight, right? Uh, like, yeah, in college I did. Yeah. yeah. Like what did you what what was the what was the reason for that transition there? Well, I really started getting into it in like middle school into high school. Mm-hmm. And then in high school is when I discovered spin and then I kind of like took off from there. Kind of like found my my niche that I really enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. Um and then in college I think it kind of took an unhealthy turn. I know I like gave up sugar for Lent and then like just went balls to the wall with being super restrictive and like counting every little thing that I ate. So there was a time where so much was restrictive and I like, yeah, I got smaller, but I also didn't, I knew I lost a lot of muscle at that time too. Cause looking back, I literally had zero butt and like, no but which is like weird to me to look back because I like definitely have one now. So yeah. And then 
Um, yeah, and then I was running a lot too. And then I studied when I went abroad to Florence, I ran a 10K um, and kept active there. And you walk everywhere in Europe too. Um, so it's been like a roller coaster. Um, yeah. I've been smaller, I've been bigger than I am at this current time, but I'm also the most educated I am now than mm. I'm obviously. I mean, obviously I'm the oldest as I have ever been now, but, um, but I'm also constantly learning. I, I like, I have a nutritionist that I work with that, um, I'm trying to work, find out what works best for my body in terms of like my exercise level and, um, you know, what I need from my family health history. Um, it's like mm -hmm. a constant, um, it's a constant journey that I don't think I'll ever be off of. Yeah, absolutely. And good for you, though, Mayor, for, for sticking with it. Because I think that's kind of been a struggle of mine, too. So I'll go through these bouts where I'm, like, working out, you know, three days a week, four days a week, and then nothing. And then I'll start again, and then nothing. And it's just kind of, like, on and off at this point. And it's just hard. So good for you for sticking with it and just, you know, being passionate and educated, too. That's, yo, knowledge is the best weapon. <laughs> so Yeah. Knowledge is power, that's for sure. Do you mm -hmm. think that um, for you, all of your experiences with fitness have been, I feel like a lot of them that you've mentioned have been negative. Do you have any like really positive moments aside from getting the medals when you run? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so when I first moved out here to Los Angeles in 2014, I did around like, fe I moved out here in May. So around February after I moved out here, I did the whole 30 challenge. And I did that coupled with Jillian Michaels 30 day shred. And I could feel myself getting stronger. Cause it was like, you know, whole 30, you're only eating like clean foods. And the 30 day shred is like something you do every day for 30 days. And it's just like a 30 minute workout every day for 30 days. And I could feel myself getting stronger. And that was so awesome. I felt really good. And I was even getting compliments of people being like, you look stronger, you look better, blah, blah, blah. And then I did my weigh-in at the end of the 30 days and I only lost six pounds. And I was like, ugh. But mm -hmm. during that time, that was probably the best time because I was consistent and I was dedicated and I was like passionate about it too. And so that was, you know, I don't mean for all my experiences to sound negative and I apologize if it's coming off like that, but that was a really good time in my life. Just like, you know, staying consistent with it and just like really putting my all into it. And like, even though I'm not a morning person, like waking up and doing the workouts and making sure that I had like lunches packed so I wasn't tempted to eat, you know, different types of foods or whatever. So mm -hmm. it was a good fitness experience for me. Good. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned like pop sugar classes and Jillian Michaels classes, these like group fitness classes. You outside of COVID world, would you do group fitness classes in person fitness classes at all? Probably not. I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm pretty insecure about working out in front of people. And I think it's because like I have huge boobs and like no sports bras can hold these puppies, but it's really hard. And I think also I get intimidated by people who are at a more advanced level than I am. I start comparing myself. I saw like a question on your sheet about like working out shirtless. And I'm like, I would never do that. Like I do that here. Like I only wear a sports bra and like leggings when I work out here at home, but like I wouldn't ever do that. Like even when I just run around my neighborhood, I wouldn't do that. And I think it's because mm. I'm I don't, sorry, motorcycle. I don't like, like, I don't like my back rolls. I don't like my midsection. I, you know, I just don't want to, I don't know. That's just really hard for me. I know we're in this era of body positivity and loving every inch of yourself. I personally am just not there yet. And so um, in terms of a group class, I probably wouldn't just because I know how I would be and that wouldn't be helpful for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to be a Debbie Doubter, but it's just like, yeah, fitness has just been a hard point of contention in my life for a while now. No, I appreciate it because I mean, I live in group fitness. So I like, it's good. I like to hear from others who are not in the group fitness world, what their perspectives are. Yeah. Do you feel like you found community doing group fitness? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Definitely. I think that's the best part. I mean, you want to be in community and the things that you're passionate about, so it's good. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that um, going into talking about 
inclusivity is really at the forefront of my mind going and teaching my classes and my what I put out into the world. Do you think that there's anything that I can do or fellow instructors can do to make sure we are being as inclusive and welcoming as possible if you were to one day walk into my class? Like, what could I do to make you feel the most comfortable? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I'll talk about this more from like a health standpoint rather than like a racial standpoint. But I've always wanted, like when I watch these pop sugar videos, they always have like the main instructor and then she has like two people on the side of her. And one person is doing like the advanced workout and one person is doing the moderated version. And mm -hmm. I always wish they would have someone who was, I, I, get the, I get the point of like these fitness videos. It's like, look at me as a fitness instructor, you can look like this too. But I almost wish they had someone like me who like can keep up with the workouts, but isn't like super skinny, has a six pack, all that stuff. I almost wish like when they had like an instructor doing the moderator version, it was like a girl who was bigger, but she could still like keep up and like still smile and look cute like as she was working out or whatever. Cause I, I feel like I get very intimidated when I watch these workout videos and I see, or like if I'm if I'm doing a class or whatever, I see these instructors with like super nice bodies. I get that that's the goal, but like I feel like I'm not gonna get there. I don't know. I almost wish there was more of a concrete bridge between like just starting out and like your goal. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, it it brings up a great point because that's something that that's like what I'm trying to tackle with the fitness industry is that you know, six packs abs is not everyone's goal, you know, like, and oftentimes if your genetics don't allow it, it's just not going to happen. And yeah. fitness shouldn't be about the aesthetics. It should be how it makes you feel inside. And, um, these, this, it's a billion dollar, billion dollar industry that's feeding off of people's insecurities of the instructor looking amazing. And mm -hmm. I've, listen to podcasts and interviews from those instructors who do those videos where they go to unhealthy measures before they take those or record those workouts so they mm -hmm. their apps are popping and they look smaller than like they normally are they're yeah. even holding themselves to an, a healthy standard and a natural standard yeah so I, i'm feeling a shift in the fitness industry i don't know how long it's going to take but mm -hmm. i think we will start seeing more size inclusive fitness models mm -hmm. and fitness instructors, but it's just gonna take time. Yeah, I remember I was on this Henry Cavill kick cause I just get on these kicks with guys. And I was watching an interview about like his fitness routine and he was talking about how he didn't drink water or, or sorry, he only drank water for like three days so that his abs would like show through for like one scene in Superman. And I was like, how do you just not eat food or like just water for three days? Like that just is crazy to me, you know, just for like this one scene. So your abs look like really good. It's just, yeah. I mean, I do think there's a, and you bring up a great point about genetics, right? Because not everyone is genetic, genetically prone to have six packs or to have like really toned arms or like nice legs or even a butt or whatever that may be. And I think that is kind of, um, it's kind of a fantastical idea to say like, hey, if you do this workout every day for 30 days, you're going to look like me. It's like, no, it's not. And I think that's where, that's why people like Chloe Ting so much. Because at the beginning of her day, she's like, everyone is different. We have these, this is how I look, but it may not be the same for you. So just know that if you're in your own path, it's totally fine. And I think it's important to, 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 to make sure that it's stated, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I didn't know she said that. That's good. I do not think I noticed. I mean, I maybe I noticed it because I was happy that she said that, right? Yeah. Well, no, that's like these small little steps that fitness instructor and people in the fitness space can start saying to just kind of break down those barriers and let it be a little bit less of a chore and more of an something else, like something good for you versus yeah. a task that you feel like you have to do to make yourself look better yeah because i think it can be a bit discouraging when you're doing this workout every day for 30 days and you don't look like that person who's yeah. saying you look like me after 30 days so i mean that's it i digress <laughs> let's let's digress over to jubilee and your career because i think this is so interesting and i feel like a lot of people will want to 
um, hear about it because I was honestly like peeking, I was stalking your Instagram earlier just so, um, I mean, I follow you anyway, obviously, but I was listening, re-watching re your um, happy birthday Instagram live where you drink yeah. a of wine. Um, and you're saying how people are like knocking down the doors for interview um, internships there. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I mean, on one hand, I feel very honored that so many people want to work at an amazing company that I am at that amazing company. And on the other hand, it's so freaking annoying because all I get are people being like, can you get me a job? Can you get me a job? Mm -hmm. Hey, I to you to get advice about how to work at Jubilee. And I think sometimes the way that people ask that, it's a little insulting because it makes it seem like anyone can do this. And I'm very adamant that like not anyone can do my job. So don't just message me like Cheryl College be like, how can I be you? Like it, it's taken a lot of work to get here. And so I'm very, I'm very grateful for where I'm at. But what, like what specifically do you want to know about Jubilee? Because I'm happy to talk about. Well, how did you get, get involved? How did you, how did you get the job? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I've been working in the entertainment industry since I graduated college because I studied film um, in school. And so uh, I was working at the Network Stars for, a for almost three years. And I had just gotten like really into traveling and this idea of like not kind of being tied really to anything. So I was looking for jobs and the three things that were most important to me is I wanted to be able to be on set because I love being on set. It's my favorite thing. I love hanging out with the DPs hang out with the sound guy whatever i just i love it i love talking to people i think that's one of my strong suits is just like my ability to communicate with people and i also just want a job where i didn't have to like sit at a screen sit at a desk and stare at a computer screen all day because i felt like that's what i did at stars as an assistant i had to be tied to my desk if the phone rang i had to answer it if an email came in or like a meter whatever i had to like be there and i like the idea of kind of like you know, part of my job is about like going out and doing this activity or whatever. And so that's what I was looking for. And so I started looking into like digital worlds cause I knew like Buzzfeed and Vice were kind of like that. And I had been watching Jubilee videos for probably like a year and a half before. And like specifically their team are two videos because I'm a hopeless romantic and that they do like these blind date uh, series. Uh, and I was like really into that. And I was like, oh, Jubilee, let me go and see what they're about. I went on their website and saw they were looking for a casting producer. And when I looked at the, um, when I looked at the description, like the job description, they described me down to the team. I was like, oh, this is, me. this is for me. I can do this forever. Uh, so I applied and I waited two weeks. I didn't hear back. I sent a follow-up email, way two weeks, didn't hear back. Uh, they had posted on Instagram, like, hey, guys, we're hiring, DM us. So I DM'd them, didn't get a reply back. Finally, I figured out the CEO's email, and I emailed him, I was like, you are not going to for me. I can do this job, let me tell you. And thankfully, he got back to me within a couple hours, had my first interview there, did, like, went through a couple rounds of interviews, and then they hired me. Um, to be the casting producer, which was great and also really scary because I definitely had imposter syndrome because I was talking a big game in my interviews, being like, I can do this, I have these connections, while well, while all of that was true, I didn't necessarily know how they were all connected. And so this job was a lot of like figuring out things. And so I created this entire casting system from scratch of how we go about finding people for our series. So that's my job. I find the people that we feature in our videos. How do you find them? Uh, a lot of Instagram stalking. Uh, we also have like a listserv of almost 80,000 people now uh, that I send out and I say, hey, this is what we're casting for. If you're interested, apply here. Uh, and we use this program called Airtable where people fill out forms and, you know, me and my team, I have two casting interns under me. Uh, we go through submissions. We set up calls with people to kind of like vet them, make yes. sure that they're not crazy, make sure that we understand what their opinions or their beliefs are, everything like that. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of just like navigating different sources so you know navigating different Facebook pages Instagram pages YouTube whatever it is any any outlet that like people are, are able to put themselves out there I've even like created apps to find people <laughs> wait so if the listeners who don't know Jubilee they kind of and tell me if I'm getting this wrong but you guys essentially create short-term videos that tackle larger societal issues right and like kind of like yeah. hot topics 
Yeah, correct. We you create content that our goal is to bridge people together, inspire love, and challenge conventional thinking. Like our tagline is embrace empathy because we believe no matter what your opinion, your belief, your identity is, you deserve empathy. And so that's what all of our videos are catered around. So we do multiple different series like Middle Ground, Spectrum, Odd Man Out. We do dating series. Um, but that is the core of our company is like embracing empathy and making sure that people feel heard. Have you ever had someone that you've casted like gone haywire, gone like, I don't know, something crazy happened on set? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we had like a physical fight breakout on set of one of our episodes that was a very hot, that was a very like controversial topic. Um, what was the we've topic? Had people, um, well, I don't wanna say cause then it's like <laughs> very obvious what the episode is. Uh, um. <laughs> But um, we've had, you know, we've, I've been threatened before. I've been, you know, I've, yeah, I've received threats. We've received threats to like be sued before all these different things. Like people, yeah, get really heated. But don't they Um, sign up for these to do them? Yeah, but then, you know, we have control over editing and we always, we have a list of values and our first value is, is people, our people. Uh, And so we always make sure that we represent people in the best light. But I think what happens is people come on set and they are just themselves, but they don't realize that there are a lot of people in the world who vehemently disagree with how they are so then they get a lot of heat in the comments our comment section is always on fire they get a lot of heat in the comments and they're like oh my god i can't believe you guys made me look like this it's like well we didn't do anything it's just like you weren't aware of how you come off as people i feel like i don't know (laughs) so um, and that's the tea (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh wow yeah, I can see how that would um, create some some heated. Yeah. Moment. Oh wow, it's, interesting. Yeah, but it's like you know, I feel like all of these experiences have really helped me navigate how to connect with people better. Right. I feel like I am the queen of reading people now. I could probably ask you one question based off that one question. I can figure out a lot about you because my job is to talk to so many people, and I have talked to so many people. It's almost like. I'm doing research just like on people and I really enjoy it, but I do feel like I can read people really well. And that's, that's a big part, yeah, that's a big part of this job too, is to be able to read people and understand like, Hey, how are they going to be on set? How are they going to be with these other people? Are they going to be vocal about their opinions? Are they going to be upfront and honest? So it's all, it's a whole thing. <laughs> do you always want someone who's going to be upfront and honest or do you sometimes pair someone who is upfront with someone who's a little bit more reserved and see if they can like get it out of them? Yeah, definitely. A a bit of both. I mean, we are really big on representation. We believe that representation matters, not just in um, like diversity in terms of like racially or uh, ethically, ethnicity, that's what I'm trying to say, but also in terms of, of opinions, right? So we want someone who is more conservative. We want someone who's more moderate, we want someone who's more liberal. And we want to always make sure that we have those opinions represented on each side if there are sides to you know, whatever video that we're doing. We want to make sure that the real opinions are represented so that people watching it can be like, oh, I identify with that. Or, I That's cool. Yeah. What's your favorite video that you guys have done? Do you have one? Okay. Yes, I do have one. So my favorite video is uh, we did in uh, middle an episode of Middle Ground, which Middle Ground is where we have people from opposing viewpoints come together to have a conversation. We did an episode of Middle Ground on Instagram models versus runaway models. And that was so fun for me to cast because I literally got to sit around and look at models all day. Uh, and then also the episode came out so well. I felt like everyone was really respectful, but also everyone stood in their truth, which is really hard too, because sometimes you'll get people who are on the same side and one person is really outspoken about their beliefs and another person is a little bit more reserved. And because they how outspoken that person is, they get a little bit intimidated. So they become more reserved about their beliefs. So I felt like everyone very much stood in their truths and what they believed. And that was, that's exactly like what middle ground is. And so that was really great. <laughs> what were the two types of models that kind of like 
yeah, it was Instagram models versus runway models. So um. yeah, so people who uh, like have a large Instagram following uh, mm-hmm. and they're, they're like Instagram models, right? Like kind of the classic mm-hmm. Instagram models. And we have like runway models, people who like do print modeling and like um, who are on the runway and, and model for like fashion shows and whatnot. So that was really cool. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go watch that one. That's interesting. I'm interested to see what they say. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was my favorite. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. So you mentioned that you love traveling. I feel like traveling, I don't even feel like I know traveling is a huge part of your personality. It's a huge part of your life. Yeah. So you've traveled now to 16 countries, all of them solo? Um, not all of them solo. Uh, I think I've been to about nine of those 16 nine or 10 of those 16 solo. So a majority. (laughs) So what was your first one that you went solo? Yeah, Italy was my first one that I went solo and I went for my 25th birthday. Um, And that was in, so that was in May of 2017. That was my first solo trip. I had always wanted to go to Italy. I tried to teach myself Italian while I was still in college. I've always had this kind of affinity for Italy and the Italian culture. And so I had, I had vacation days and I was like, let me just go by myself. Like, let's see what that's like. And I, I'll be honest, it was really hard, but I also loved how much I felt like my heart stretched during that time. Um, Cause I'm not a stranger to doing things alone. I mostly like eat at restaurants for myself. I go to the movies by myself, I go shopping by myself. I spend a bulk of my, and I live alone too. So I spend a bulk of my time alone. Um, and I think during that time, uh, during that time, I was forced to see the substance in which I was made of, right? Because I got lost often and I don't, I don't speak Italian as much as I tried to teach myself Italian. I don't speak Italian. So I was put in these situations where I really had to see what I was made of. And I liked what I saw. I liked like learning something new about myself. Um, I like that I saw that I can, I'm very resourceful. Um, I like that I saw that I'm, you know, a good communicator or that I am comfortable just like walking down a random Italian street by myself. It was, I just, I loved the things I learned about myself. So that was my first one. And now I've just been like addicted to traveling alone since. But I think the reason for it has changed a lot. Whereas I think I started first to like kind of get to know myself better. Now I travel because I want to get to know people better. And so when I travel, I always stay in hostels um, and I always make friends from like all over the world. And it's great because now I feel like my friend group is very representative of like actual life. You know, I have friends from all over the world in all different time zones and, and it's wonderful. It's so cool to me. <laughs> that is amazing. You, well, you're the one who inspired me to do my solo trip. Um, and I did try the hostel life, but <laughs> it's not for everyone. Halfway through. <laughs> it's not for everyone. You went to Scotland, right? I was here for the solo yeah. trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Halfway through, I was like, this is not for me. Like, up yeah. here in their room, got the <laughs> It's not for everyone. I will say that I have a limit with hostel life, right? So like I, when I was in Ireland, one of my trips in Ireland, I stayed in a 24 person room and I was like, I can't do this. That's not me. I can, I think max is like six or eight people that I, of a room that I could stay in. Um, but if a hostel has that, I'll usually get like a private room too. Cause I mostly meet people in like a common area, uh, in the common area that they have. And I have like all these, I used, um, hostel world, the app to book my hostels and I have all these features, like all these filters I put in to make sure that I have like this type of hostel or this type or whatever. Um, so it's definitely not for everyone. And I've, I've seen some pretty crappy hostels, but have met amazing people. So yeah. Well, the one that you had recommended to me in Scotland is the one in Edinburgh is where I stayed, but then I just had was able to upgrade my room to the single room, okay. which was fine. And I did yeah. it like going to the common room um and meeting people and like having a glass of wine or whatever down there mm-hmm. um and the food was really good yeah uh, <laughs> then when i went to glasgow this they didn't have a solo room so i just got myself a, a b&b and splurged mm-hmm. a little 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. For self, that was self-care. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I love it. No, I just, yeah, I'm always on a budget when I travel because I like to, I like to do two trips a year and that doesn't leave me a lot of time to save up money in between. So I travel super cheap. I like, you know, I always book like really cheap tickets, even if it's from a third party site. And then like my hostels, I have a limit and it depends on where you go to because some countries, obviously hostels are, are cheaper just in general. Like when I went to Mongolia, hostels were like stupid cheap, right? Or like pretty much all the places in Asia that I've been to have been like stupid cheap. Europe, it's a bit more expensive, but again, it depends on where you go to. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I need to get to Asia. That's that's next on my list. Yeah. Um, when COVID's ending, where do you want to go first? Uh, back to Ireland. Ireland and England. I So I've been to Ireland twice and mm. it's my favorite country of the countries I've been to so far. Obviously I haven't been to all 196. Uh, but Ireland is my favorite and I just miss it so much and I miss the people and I miss the culture and I even miss the weather. And England too, because I have a huge group of friends out in England that I just haven't seen and I miss them. And I, you know, there's, I know so much about England and the history and the culture and everything. And I've only been once. And there are so many places I haven't even been to that I know so much about, like Bristol and Cornwall and like Manchester and all these and Birmingham and all these different places. I know like the history and the culture, all this stuff about it, but I've never actually been. So if I go, I want to spend like a whole month there and just, you know, spend like two weeks in Ireland. I want to spend like a whole month in England. So maybe I'll go for like a month and a half. I don't know. But that's wow. the UK is, is back to where I'm where I'm going. One of How my well, I was gonna ask, where do you want to go when when the world opens back up? Um, I don't know. I really, really want to go to Germany. Um, yeah. that's next, I think on my list. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never been to Europe at all, so huh. we're gonna be doing that soon. Well, actually, one of my best friends lives in Cornwall now, and she's getting married. Mm-hmm. Well, she's supposed to get married this year, but she pushed it up to next year. So yeah. doing. Um, London and Cornwall next year. Ah, that'll and, be so fun. And um, actually, if COVID wasn't happening, I would be flying to Maui tomorrow. Oh, yes. But I'm not oh, going, obviously. I know. So that'll be next year. Yeah. Um, yeah Hawaii <laughs> is has always been on my list. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, and actually, but- my Nana said that was the only place she regretted not going to. And she passed away last year, so um, I'm excited to go. Yeah, definitely. That's wonderful. I love that. Yeah, we gotta get David Europe. Europe's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's like very much be- like beach vacation, be lazy on your vacation type of guy. But and I'm like more of like let's nerd out and like go to all the museums. So yeah. <laughs> we've done a beach trip. Now it's like time for me to like nerd out and like bring him to the art museums and show him what's up. Yeah, I love that. How long have you been together now? It's been a while, right? Um, two two years. Oh wow! Yeah, it's not that long, but yeah. I feel like that's long. First off, what is? I mean, you know me. I've never been in a relationship. I'm like, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about um your journey of love and your your self proclaimed hopeless romantic life. What would you like to know? <laughs> um. Well, it's just, well, what, I don't know. How do you talk about it? Um, I'll be honest. My therapist told me to not talk about it anymore, but I'm going to talk about it because it's like, that's, <laughs> she told me not to talk about it anymore because I talk about it too much. Because uh, <laughs> you talk about it too much? Well, I think, so I saw one of your questions, you like quoted this post I did about being lonely. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I think that post while it was very vulnerable and a lot of people resonated with it, it was more detrimental to me than it was helpful. Um, to the point that uh, I almost regret posting it, but then what stops me is, is remembering how many people reached out to me afterwards saying that it really helped them. I think I have developed this persona unintentionally of people now associate me with loneliness and singleness and like being alone and like being a virgin. And that's not what I wanted. That's I've never wanted that. I wanted to be able to speak about how I feel openly and without judgment. And I think it's kind of taken 
like it's it's kind of formed this path of its own that I didn't necessarily want to go down. Um, and what I mean by that is, again, I don't want to be, I don't want people to be like, oh, that's Kendra. She's she's still a virgin and she's she's lonely and she's single and she's never had a boyfriend. I want people to be like, that's Kendra. She's really cool. She's down to earth. She's a solo traveler. She has this really cool job at this digital media company. She loves movies. I want people to, the way that people describe me, I want to be different. And I think I have um, kind of opened this box of people associating me with things that I that's not all that I am. It's a big part of me, but it's not all that I am. So yes, I am a self-proclaimed hopeless romantic and I call myself a love empath because I can always tell when someone's gonna find love and it's very, very weird, but it's happened to me so many different occasions across my life that I just feel like I, I now have this like love superpower. I what also- Okay, so I have this thing where like, if you, if we're having, if you're sitting down with me and you're just like, Kendra, I'm tired of being single. I really would like to meet someone literally two weeks, a month later, that will happen for you. <laughs> I had a friend who did this whole like eat, pray, love trip. She like quit her job, moved out of her apartment, broke up with her boyfriend. She's like, I'm just going to go on this like walk, like 500 mile walk in Spain. And I'm just going to like refind myself. And I go, you know, you're going to meet someone, right? And she did, and they got married this past March. And, like, that has happened to me so many different times. Like, I remember I had a friend, sophomore year of college, we were at Dunkin' Donuts on campus. And she was like, oh, I'm tired of being single. I'd really like to meet someone. And then two weeks later, she did, and they dated for, like, two years. Um, I, I just, literally too many to, like, recount. But that's happened to me so many times where I can just, like, feel when someone's going to find love. And I'm like, it's going to happen in the next, like, couple weeks or whatever. Um... And I think it gets, it's funny, but also gets discouraging because I feel like I have this power for like everyone else except for me. <laughs> uh, but I, I love love, Meredith. And I don't care if that sounds childish or if that sounds fantastical. I love love. I think it's the most beautiful thing that God has ever created. Uh, and I love love in, in all forms. But I think for me, mostly like romantic love is, is, is the biggest. Um, and I just think what a blessing it is to find someone and to love them, to have them love you. And what I mean by that is to have them see every side of you and to see your flaws, but to also see the things that make you unique and special and different and to love all of that. I think that's freaking beautiful. And I want that, you know? And I think as I get older, I can't help but ask the question like why not me or like what's wrong with me or why has it not happened for me yet and that's been very difficult to come to terms with again as I get older just because I'm starting to think maybe there are parts of me that are just impossible for someone to love and while I know that's not the truth I think that's a narrative I, I have in my head so um but I, I do I do I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I do believe there's a purpose for everything. Uh, and I do believe maybe the purpose for me being single as long as I have and and in the situation that I am is because, you know, I've been working on this project, which I think I told you about. Um, it's a TV show called Bloom that I, I want it to be like an unscripted TV show where basically uh, since I never had a boyfriend, I'm still a virgin, I know nothing about love. I want to travel the world and have people teach me about love, like all aspects of it dating, falling in love, marriage, proposals, raising kids, but even the difficult stuff like cheating, divorce, and like domestic violence. And basically how it works is I'll interview people based off the correlating statistic of love in that country. So like in India, they still have arranged marriages. So I go like Mumbai, New Delhi, talk to people about marriage. Uh, they legalized divorce in Ireland in like 1996. So I'd go like Cork and Dublin, talk to people about divorce. And then statistically, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York are the hardest cities to date in. So I'd go there and talk to people about dating. It's kind of like all under the sky. So like, teach me about love. And so I've been working really hard on it for the past couple of years and I'm hoping to like get it off the ground within the next couple of months. But I'm, I'm, I like to think that maybe that's the reason why it hasn't happened because I'm supposed to do this show and supposed to help other people who identify as late bloomers like I do, you know? <laughs> How do you get something like that off the ground? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a lot of connections in the industry, so I don't want to talk about it like too much because I don't want to like ruin it or jinx anything, but basically right. it's like, you know, it depends on like who you know and also like getting representation and like seeing what people like have on their slates and what people are interested in, blah, blah, all that stuff. So yeah, it's a, there's a lot that goes into it, but 
I don't want I don't want to say too much because I don't want you to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll keep it on as a cliffhanger, and yeah. if people listening should can and should follow you so they know when that good good drops and they can watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At Kenton Hollywood Instagram, follow me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they should. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like we could keep talking for another hour, but maybe we'll do a part two. But I yeah. feel like this is a good wrapping up point. So I really appreciate you taking your time on your whatever. I forget what you said the weather was over there. <laughs> it's always seventy <laughs> sunny in LA. <laughs> I hope it cools down. I hope you can do some basic bitch fall things soon. Yeah. <laughs> do they do that over there? Do the, the pretend to. Do the pretend to what? Like basic bitch fall things, pumpkins and. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to do that. I want to go apple picky. I want to go to the pumpkin patch. I want to do all of that, but I don't. I'm trying to do Are with, like apples my apples out there. No, so you have to drive, which is kind of nice though, because it's nice to get out of LA. So yeah. there's like a bunch of like apple farms and stuff just like on the outskirts. But yeah, that's what I want to. I want to be that person. I want to be basic because I love it. I think it's so romantic, like pumpkin patches and apple picking and drinking cider and sitting by a fireplace. I don't know. <laughs> We went we went apple picking this weekend and Dave decided to get an ice cream as we were from the food truck as I was waiting to like get a, the bag. It's like mayhem at the apple orchards because like everyone it's like the one social distance activity we can still do. Yeah. And, and then like I then proceeded to yell at him for getting an ice cream. So it wasn't that bad. I just have all these like fantasies of like date. I like, I literally have enough date ideas to last me like three years if I were to date someone for like three years. <laughs> so it's just. No, it is romantic. I just was being a Debbie Downer. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you I'm so much for being me. <laughs> thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. And thank you for letting me pick your brain. Maybe we'll do round two because I feel like we can go even deeper. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, there's still a lot to talk about. So any yeah. anytime I'm available. Thank you so much, Mary. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. you too, girl. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, fam, that is it for this week's episode. I truly appreciate you tuning in, listening. Your thoughtful DMs and messages mean the world to me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Sweating Shirtless wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find Sweating Shirtless on YouTube by searching Sweating Shirtless. While you're there, please be sure to throw us a like and a subscribe. Lastly, you can find me on the gram at mayor underscore Dodie. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time.